Dr. Marketing Tips, paging Dr. Marketing Tips. Dr. Marketing Tips, you're needed in the marketing department. Welcome to the Dr. Marketing Tips Podcast, your prescription to the answers you seek to grow your medical practice easier, better, and faster. This show is all about connecting practice administrators and medical marketing professionals with peers working in practices, learning from experiences, making mistakes, and sharing successes. Let's get started. Hey there, welcome to the Dr. Marketing Tips Podcast. I am Jennifer. And I'm Corey. And um, today we're going to talk about one of our trends that we've been really putting out there for 2022. And I think this one's going to smack us right in the face with this um, new surge in COVID cases and potential closings of offices. And that is data. In fact, um, Malcolm Gladwell, the marketing guru, came out with a prediction, Corey, just this past week, talking about how um, healthcare has been slow to adapt certain data integrations over the years. And um, it was back in 2017, he was talking about um, healthcare and, and how consumers or patients really want something more like Amazon in their healthcare choices. And um, then he's at the same time saying, you know, that was in 2017 and healthcare has made a lot of progress, but that progress has really been predicated by the fact that we had to figure things out because of COVID. And, you know, when he's looking at other industries, this is the year that automation and AI is actually going to take hold. And it's because of some of the staffing shortages and the things that we're all across all industries are dealing with. So when you take that and put that together with the integration of different data platforms and the availability of data, and this might be the year that as healthcare providers and practices out there, we need to figure this thing out. Yeah, I think that a lot of people and physicians included are are guilty of this. When you think of marketing, you think of pretty pictures and messaging. And certainly that's part of it. The unsexy side of it is data. And I I think you're right. Healthcare notoriously has been slow to kind of um, adopt a lot of the technology that's out there. Part of that is due to HIPAA and some privacy concerns and things like that. Um, But part of it is just because healthcare in general is slow to adopt new technologies when it doesn't relate specifically to patient care. And what I mean by that is, you know, if there's a a new cutting edge uh, laser or surgical technique, you know, of course they're on top of that. But if it comes to the actual like patient experience or the marketing side, um, it seems like it's always sort of behind the curve a little bit in terms of other industries. And, and I think that this year, um, partly like you were, you were saying, Jen, and, and like Malcolm was talking about is there's just, there's so many types of data now that's like at our fingertips. And we as marketers are turning to this technology to kind of help make sense of everything that's out there and, and choosing and finding the, the trends and determining what we should really be reporting on. And more importantly, what really moves the needle for practices? Yeah, I have. Um, I thought what we could do today is maybe just take a step back and share some examples of things that we're doing with some of the practices that we work with, specifically independent practices. And, and I've been talking a lot um, about data with um, a group of doctors and one of the CEOs for one of the large ortho practices that we work with. We've got... Um, We've got some younger doctors who are starting to to come through and and become partners. 
And um, they're the kind of the next generation of decision makers at this practice. And they are much more data-driven than the others have been. Um, I think anecdotally, the older doctors were comfortable with a dashboard that supported certain metrics. And those metrics, as long as they were trending in the right direction, we were good to go. But some of the younger doctors really want their own um, dashboard so they can see the data in real time. And this practice is scrambling a little bit to make sure that they, through their EHR, are able to pull the kind of reports that the next generation of doctor wants. And then you and I both know that we've been using um, Google Data Studio to create custom marketing dashboards per doctor. And so what I've been working with the data team on is creating a physician-specific dashboard that provides real-time data, um, real-time best as we can based on the reports that are getting pulled, of um, results of ads that we're running for specific doctors, of the number of reviews that they have at any given time, plus like the quality of those reviews, negative and positive. We're looking at the number of appointments um, or patients that the physician has seen, top providers who are referring to them. We're looking at um, top insurance networks that they're that those patients are using. And then we're diving into it from a marketing standpoint. And this is kind of the norm now. And this I'm hearing this more and more from the younger doctors. And we're having to pivot rather quickly to meet the needs of these younger doctors. Yeah. And and I think that the younger doctors kind of know that um, you know, that old sort of like marketing adage, you can't manage what you can't measure. Um, so if you have no idea what the numbers are, then you either you just sort of have a gut feeling if you're doing well or you're doing poorly. I, I remember um, a couple of years ago, we were working with a client and they had some billboards and, and um, we asked them kind of like what made them successful. And they were like, Oh, the physicians really like them. Well, okay. <laughs> there, there's no data behind that. There's, there's no reason to keep spending all this money because the doctors just said, well, I like having my face up there, you know? Um, and, and I think that certainly there's a place for that in terms of branding and awareness, but there, there's a big change now. Um, and one of the things that we're seeing in addition to the, um, the Google data studio and these custom dashboards, like you were talking about is, um, call tracking. So when we're doing a big billboard like that, or we're doing a print ad or, or really anything, um, we try and put a call tracking number on it, which is something that you can just, you can sign up online. It's, it's actually relatively affordable. And they'll give you a specific number that you can use for um, a, a campaign or a specific provider at your practice. Um, and then you can kind of see how many calls that this one piece is generating. So in the example of billboards, um, not that you'd ever want to put a phone number on a billboard, but uh, you could, and you could put a tracking number on there, see how many calls that generates, and then use that to kind of help determine, is this moving the needle? Is this a good way to spend money? Same thing with print ads, same thing with digital. You can even do it on your website. So for example, if um, a potential patient comes in from Bing or from uh, Facebook, they could see a specific number on your website that others won't see if they come in from a different route. And then you can determine, well, Bing generates this many phone calls for us. Should we be putting more attention toward our search engine presence over there instead of Google? Yeah, we've been going as far as using call tracking, tying it to our digital ads, and then bumping that against surgical data at the practice because the call tracking um, 
actually can tell us where that originated from. And so there's data actually available out there that looks at a person's cell phone number that we can take that number, tie it to an ad, and then also tie it to surgical data or whatever the, the result is at the practice level. And we can see if those ads are generating appointments and if they're ultimately generating dollars in terms of surgery and if it makes sense or not to keep putting our money there. And so those are some things that we've been experimenting with on this last quarter. And I'm really interested in the next couple of months to see what that data produces. Yeah. And I was going to say there's, there's two key points there. One is that it's determining if the ads are performing. And then kind of the second layer of that is if they're performing and generating the right type of patient, because what, and, and we don't know yet, but what something that I'm looking for as we move forward with this is maybe we're getting a bunch of patients, but it's not the, the right type of surgical candidate for this specific procedure. And then, so that's going to help us refine what we're doing and then update our tactics and change our spend, hopefully give a little bit better of a return for the practice. And that's all possible thanks to this, you know, to new data that we have. So we're not just saying, you know, I, I like seeing my face up there. We're actually backing this up and saying that if you spend X amount of dollars, you can expect this return. And we are very confident in that number. Yeah. And another way that we're using data, or at least that I've used data in this last couple of weeks is I'm getting ready to launch a refresh of a website. And I'm going to take some things off of the homepage where, um, you know how it happens. Like I want this on the homepage, put this up top, add my patient portal up here, add my pay now button. I want this other button up here. And all of a sudden you've made it really difficult for the patient when they're looking to find something. So we had put some heat maps on all of the websites we're doing refreshes on. And then I've used the data from the heat map from the last couple of months to make the case of why we're going to lay the website out the way we are. And there's so many things just like this that you can implement to give you data to back up decisions that you want to present to your physicians. And the heat map, in case you don't know, is uh, it's just something where it kind of measures activity. So uh, like it will show you a basically a picture of your website and then um, indicate where people are navigating and what they're clicking on and what they're totally ignoring. So if there's a big red spot that indicates that there's a lot of activity over there, you know that that's something really important. And then if it goes cold and it's blue and um, you can like at a glance, see what people are paying attention to. And that can help you as you're doing these website projects to determine priority. And, and then when you go into these meetings and then someone says, well, why aren't we also promoting why procedure, you can say, well, I've got the data right here and uh, nobody cares about that or no one's looking at that. So we want to, again, it, put your best foot forward and uh, really showcase what's going to move the needle for your practice. And it's yeah, funny, absolutely. you know, it, when, when we like, we, we so we're working with a uh, national subspecialty um, organization right now. And I, and I went into this thinking, oh, well, they're a national organization. They're going to have their stuff together, right? Like they're going to know what's going on. Um, and then we got into their website and found out that they didn't even have Google Analytics on their website. And so they had a website up and have had for, I don't know, probably 10 years, the website. I mean, it's pretty old, um, but they had no idea how many people were going to the website or what it was doing and what people were clicking on. And that just blew my mind um, because if you're listening to this, I think that 
most likely you've at least kind of got that piece done in terms of data, right? You probably have Google Analytics on your website. If you don't, that's a great place to start um, because you can just, you can get so many good insights from that. But it was just crazy to me that even these big national groups don't have their stuff together. Are you ready to make marketing easier? Join Dr. Marketing Tips Lab to unlock awesome tools and coaching from the experts you hear every week on this podcast. Hi, my name is Christiana Oyunchi, and I'm the Dr. Marketing Tips Lab Community Manager. My job is to make sure you know about all the great features Lab has to offer and to answer questions you may have. Speaking of features, your Lab membership comes with tons of marketing templates, checklists, webinars, how-to guides, and even a monthly coaching call with Corey, Jennifer, and the entire Dr. Marketing Tips podcast team. Learn more and sign up at drmarketingtipslab.com to streamline your marketing and kickstart practice growth today. That's drmarketingtipslab.com. See you in the lab soon. Yeah, so don't feel bad about it. Um, Right. Yeah, don't feel bad about it. I will tell you who does have their stuff together. And this is kind of the next example I want to go into is um, we're seeing more and more, you know, before we only really talked about hospitals acquiring practices. Now we're seeing private equity acquiring practices and getting into the healthcare business. So private equity is coming from the business side of things where they're much more comfortable using data. So um, with all the PE firms that we've started working with, we have a a large group that is um, an otolaryngology focus, and they've started acquiring practices um, really throughout the Southern United States. And they commissioned us to do some research for them and really look at the data in terms of the competition or the potential acquisitions to look at where there's opportunities to grow the allergy business, to grow the hearing aid business, to grow the, the general ENT business, the, you know, the balloon sinuplasties and areas like that. Every single thing we did in putting together those competitive research um, plans was 100% data-driven, in, including looking at um, the number of physicians in an area based on um, insurance trends, looking at political leanings, you named it, but just diving the data to inform their decision whether or not to to move forward on acquisitions or to stay put because there wasn't enough growth in an area or enough opportunity. Yeah, I thought one of the the most interesting pieces that came out of that was when we were looking at sort of like long-term growth for a specific zip code. And uh, and specifically for PE, you know, we want to make sure that we're planning flags and opening offices where we know that there's going to be rooftops to support them. And uh, it's just so interesting to see the, the way that um, the communities sort of expand out and into this radius. And then once you have that and you unlock what people are going to be doing and, and who is going to be moving into these areas, it's incredibly empowering because then you don't have to kind of fly by the seat of your pants and you can say, okay, well, we're actually going to create this campaign. Here's our target because we know what age they are, we know what their background is, we know where they're going to be moving or where they already live or whatever the case may be. And you can really make informed decisions. Um, and then when it comes time and, the, you know, you have to make sure that the proof is in the pudding, like it's there, you know, because it's, it's backed up from this research and from all of the things that we've been talking about in this episode. And it really kind of all coalesces into creating a 
really good marketing strategy that is driven by the unsexy stuff, the numbers and what have you, but it turns into everything that you're going to put forward. And and um, it's really cool to kind of see it come full circle. And, and that's something that is not prevalent in healthcare, but is, again, as we're talking about in this episode, becoming more and more so. Well, and I think that it's important to note here that we're talking about data to inform decisions, mm-hmm. but we're not talking about patient data right now. We're talking about data to inform your decisions, data to help you cut through the clutter, to make better decisions so that you can spend less time, energy, and money um, getting the results that you expect. And it's very difficult too when you're an independent practice and you're up against the hospital system who has entire departments just focused on data. And then also you've got, you know, if you're if you're just a if you're a primary care physician, maybe there's an opportunity to use patient data to, um, you know, remind patients to come in for appointments to, you know, I don't want to say upsell, but, you know, for all intents and purposes, upsell that colonoscopy, upsell that next referral, upsell that next thing, because that's what they're doing within the hospital systems. They're using CRMs and things of that nature. But what we're talking about is using the data that is available to you And almost everything we've just mentioned, almost everything is free or really like negligible cost. So it's about using data to inform the decisions and then not getting too tripped up on how much data there is. Don't go go down the rabbit hole. Don't get lost in the weeds. Figure out what you're trying to find out. Use the data to tell a story. And then once you know what that story is, come up with the best plan to go after that potential patient or to retain that patient or whatever it is you're trying to achieve. Yeah. I mean, most likely you already know what your KPIs are and what you are actually paying, like should be paying attention to. So there's plenty of data sources out there that can help support that or measure that um, more than just like it clicks on a website or whatever the case may be. There's an extra layer somewhere that you can find that's really going to help you inform those decisions. Like one thing that, um, uh, that we always do is we look at email data and look at um, like what what our patients and are actually clicking on, you know, so we're not specifically looking at, um, again, we're not violating any sort of like HIPAA uh, agreements or anything, but we're looking at whoever opens these emails, what are they clicking on? Where are they going? How are they getting there? Um, are they opening the email at all? So we're testing constantly um, different subject lines and different calls to action to see what's working. And again, just trying to move that needle and and see what kind of message resonates with a specific audience. Um, If you're sending emails to patients, then whether you look at the data or not, that's being collected somewhere. Um, So it's it's in a dashboard somewhere within whatever service you're using. So it's there for you to go and find. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's in a dashboard somewhere. It's available to you. There's so much data you can get lost in the weeds. So don't overthink it, but email data will tell you what people are opening, what they're interested in, you know, best time of day, things of that nature. Facebook tells you all kinds of things. I mean, there's so much data out there. Search data is another one. You can, you can find out what people are searching for. So you can be in the right place at the right time. You can also find out what people are searching for on your website using search data. And that might tell you, you know, where there's some opportunities to fill the gap in terms of making sure that you have the content that's needed to attract the right patient. And so there's plenty of that data out there as well. 
Yeah. And um, circling back to something that you said a few minutes ago, to get that search data, you don't have to spend any money. Um, same thing with the email data. If you are already sending these emails, like we were just saying, that data exists. It's not like you need to pay more to go get it. Um, so a lot of these sources, if you have the the, the right things turned on, um, which most most likely if, if you're working with a group or you know, you've inherited kind of a marketing um, tech stack, like a marketing platform, then you've probably already got these things. It's just a matter of digging through them, finding what matters specifically to you and what goals you're trying to achieve, and then putting together you know, a dashboard so that you can actually keep your eye on the ball here. Yeah. And so I think those are some really good examples of things that are working that we're actually using right now inside of medical practices. I think there's one or two things that um, kind of we should keep our eye on it, but the reality is is that healthcare is a lot slower and independent practices are going to be a lot less likely to um, to try some of the new things that you may hear out there in the public. One of them really being um, CRMs, customer relationship management systems. I kind of alluded to it. You know, hospitals are using a lot of CRMs. I don't know so much that your individual practice is going to use a CRM in 2022. Maybe it's like a homegrown CRM or, or something in Excel database. Um, just really depends on the type of practice you have. If you're a cash-based aesthetics practice, you might um, it might really be valuable to start looking into a CRM because then you can um, really nurture that patient relationship across all of the individual channels and really bring them in for that cash-based business. But if you're an orthopedic surgeon, you're not going to use a CRM um, to any level that others might be out there using them. Yeah. So your EHR is just sort of, think of it like a, just a big old database for all your patient data. And a, a CRM is something that would kind of sit off to the side of that. And, and um, they're used a lot to just sort of, like Jen said, kind of like nurture these relationships and you can send email sequences and see when you last contacted someone, things like that. So it, it really depends on the, the subspecialty. I totally agree there. Um, but yeah, there, there's not a, a ton of solutions that are EHR plus CRM together that are out there for medical practices. And, and I agree, I think that's something that's that's coming. I don't think that's a 2022 thing, um, but yeah, we, we don't see that a lot, but the practices that do use it, I think, and you're, you're comfortable in those kind of environments, you're gonna have a leg up eventually. Um, another thing that I think, again, it's coming, I don't know if it's 2022, but um, there'll, there'll probably be more of it sooner rather than later is automation and artificial intelligence. And automation can be anything from uh, someone signs up on your website and then they're gonna get a series of emails that you don't have to send out. You know, So once they hit submit, then there's five emails that go out to them over the course of three weeks. That's, that's automation in a nutshell. That's an easy way to kind of like wrap your head around it and understand it. Um, but there, there's automation that can go all the way up to um, you know, once a patient is uh, scheduled for surgery, they get specific text text messages from their surgeon, and they get videos and reminders and post surgery care instructions. I mean, there's all kinds of cool stuff that's coming. It's just um, you know how how ready are you to embrace those things? And um, I think 2022 is going to see a lot more of that, partially driven because of COVID and everything that's happened. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I think that um, we get asked all the time, like, should I put a bot on my website? Well, it just depends. Like, that's one other form of automation. We've got bots on social now. 
it just depends. That's another form of automation. I don't know how much we're going to see it in the medical practice. I think though, that just like you said, disruptions related to COVID are forcing so many different automations. So there might be ways operationally that you may benefit as a practice to automate certain tasks. You know, there's ways that we can automate certain things within marketing, even beyond an email automation. You know, we use zaps all the time. You know, if somebody fills out this form, send an email to this person to take the per- to take the human interaction out of it. Um, but again, we're seeing it very few and far between in a medical practice. It just yeah, I think partly because operationally, you have to make some changes. You have to operationalize your marketing. And right now, everybody's hair is on fire. Yeah, exactly. And uh, that, that's actually a really good point. That's something I, I didn't mention is the idea of using like like a chat bot on a website. So if, if you are short staffed or your call center, let's say, is short staffed, um, you can have a chat bot on the website. You know, you, you've all seen those. It's those little buttons that says, hey, this is so and so. How can we help you? You click on it then you can type in a message. The automated responses back, sometimes you get a list of options. Those are all pre-programmed. There's not somebody like sitting there and copying and pasting those things in. Um, and oftentimes you can sort of direct the conversation and then you get to a certain point. And, um, if there's no answer left, then it turns it over to someone in the call center, but that's a great way to sort of, um, help give patients or potential patients, the answers that they're looking for and not have to have a human sitting behind the desk, because we all know right now that can sometimes be a little bit of a struggle to find that right person. Yeah, great point. Um, and really good, just good information. So hopefully everybody is now thinking about some different ways they might use data to inform some of the decisions that they're going to make. And um, if you need any help, give us a call. With that, I'm Jennifer. I'm Corey. We'll see you next time on the Dr. Marketing Tips Podcast. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to the DrMarketingTips.com podcast. If there's anything from today's show you want to learn more about, check out DrMarketingTips.com for our podcast resource center with all the notes, links, and goodies we mentioned during the show. If you're not already a subscriber to our show, please consider pressing the subscribe button on your podcast player so you never miss one of our future episodes. And if you haven't given us a rating or review yet on iTunes, please find a spare minute and help us reach and educate even more of our medical practice peers. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Doctor's Orders.